I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Today's episode is going to be one that I think you will want to listen to over and over. Like I always say, when you take your blinders off, get in alignment with life and raise your vibration and see yourself already there, then it will become and you will become all that you desire. I love the word intention. My favorite book about intention is by Wayne Dyer, The Power of Intention. He explains in this book how to become happy and radically change our lives by connecting ourselves to this pure and unlimited energy that is intention. When you live with intention, meaning wake up every day with an intention as to what you are going to accomplish, who you want to become that day, what you want to see, be, do, or have, then that intention will create an outcome. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Sean Croxton. A few weeks ago, as I woke up to set my intention that day, I did my morning rituals, my gratitude, my meditation, and saw my day in my mind. I was on a mission to find someone that day who would be a guest on my show that had a belief system and mindset principles that are aligned with what I want to share with my listeners on this show. In my past episodes, there is a common theme where I always say there are no accidents in life, no coincidences, and everything is always working out for me. I love to listen to podcasts when I run every morning and try to find new ones. And that morning I saw Sean Croxton's podcast, the quote of the day. And I clicked. He had every mentor on the planet that I have learned from and studied, like Wayne Dyer, Marissa Peer, Dr. Joe Dispenza, Jim Rohn, Les Brown, Bob Proctor, and the list goes on and on. But that's when I started to search everything about Sean because I knew that he had to be on my podcast. Now the story gets even better. So I start doing a deep dive into the Sean Croxton guy and learn that we both went to San Diego State University, both still live in San Diego, both studied kinesiology to become a personal trainer. When we both realized that you didn't even need a degree, you just needed a credential from a certification course. We both studied health and wellness and now have a podcast in personal development. Sean, however, started his journey in this podcast world in 2009 before anyone even knew what podcasts were. The show was called The Underground Wellness Radio Show. He started doing YouTube videos, sharing his knowledge before most people even knew who he was. He had a drive and an intention that has gotten him to today in 2020 with a new podcast called The Quote of the Day, which is a genius idea. And we will get into that this, in this interview and an online class called the Money Mind Academy that he teaches how my, money is a mindset and how to shift your mind into abundance and get out of the scarcity mindset. 
He has studied and read books that I have, and this interview is going to be so full of Sean's wisdom for life, for living on purpose with intention, and how we view money and how to create an abundant life in all areas. I am so excited to share Mr. Sean Croxton with you. So without further ado, welcome, Sean, to Uncover Your Magic. Thank you very much, Ashley. Appreciate the introduction. That's the best best one I've heard so far. All right. Well, (laughs) nothing was more fun than learning about you. And I, I mean, I think the similarities and the parallels in our life was even more fascinating to me. And then to have you say yes to come on to my show and that I could even dig deeper and find more amazing things about you. It's been an amazing journey since you said yes to this. But what's fascinating to me is I feel like you're this guy that you're in like early 40s, right? Yes. And I think I look back at your life and I kind of want to start because this show is called Uncover Your Magic. And I feel like everyone has magic in their lives, right? But sometimes people don't let take the blinders off and they just live in this world of, you know, all their limiting beliefs and they keep, you know, the programs that they've had their whole life and they never take them off and see. And I really, I think you have, and I think if we could start where you feel like your blinders came off, was it when you were a little kid where I know you were raised by a single mom, but could we start kind of your little journey of the magic, how you create the magic in your life? Oh, well, I mean, the blinders coming off really for me I would say it was after college, really. Because, you know, going through the kinesiology program, learning what we learned about fitness, nutrition, and health, thinking that you graduated with a degree that taught you what you needed to know to get a particular result and then applying it to real people and not getting the result that you were supposed to get. That's where the blinders came off when I started to study information that was different than what I learned in college. And I said to myself, wow, like, it's pretty much the opposite of what we paid to learn. Like, this is crazy how this works. I wonder what other stuff do I not know that I should know about how the world works and how the mind works and how we actually get the results that we should be getting. So I think that was the the big moment in my life where I took the, it was also also kind of funny. I um, used to train one of the presidents of San Diego State University and I had been working on a book when I was working with him. And after we got done working together as client and trainer, I bumped into him at the gym and he said, Sean, how's, how's it going with that book? I said, you know what, president, Mr. Press, I said, um, I started reading some information that I didn't learn in college. And, and I'm, what, what I'm finding out right now is, and he finished my sentence. He said, oh, it's all wrong, huh? Mm-hmm. And I go, yeah, it's wrong. He's like, that's just kind of the way it is. And I go, wow, that's crazy for the president or of the school to tell me that what I learned in school is wrong. And so um, those two things just really cracked me open and made me curious about what else is there is to know and how I can become better and how I can help other people become better. And, you know, the rest, I'm not sure how far you want me to go into this, but the rest is kind of history, you know, took it to YouTube and took it to podcasting and created some online summits. And those were all in the health space and got out of the health space after seven years and decided that I wanted to go into personal development and um, started a new podcast. And I started the quote of the day show. And now I teach this class and it's, it's a lot of fun. Neat. So when you were in the personal training business, you know, I used to do that too. And when I wanted it more than them, and I was trying to create, and I remember thinking, I can't, this woman can't 
you know, get in shape. She doesn't believe she's that way. She has all these limiting beliefs. She's you can't eat right. I'd have to go to the grocery store and then it would, oh, sorry, I had to eat a box of Oreos, you know. But, you know, to, I think that opened my eyes too. Did you find that like where you're like, this personal training thing, I want to teach people how to become, take these limiting beliefs out of their life and become amazing. Yeah, actually, when I was personal training, I didn't like the fact that half of the job was therapy. That's something I wasn't really ready for, for people to come in and kind of dump all their problems on me. And, you know, you really get to see people, which is fine. I just wasn't prepared for it. But I also began to understand how important the mind is. You know, if the mind isn't together, then the body isn't going to be together either. And that's something that I noticed when I started working as a health coach online doing one-on-ones. I was like, wow, there is a group of people who get really good results. And there's a group of people who don't get really good results, who don't seem committed, who don't want to follow the protocol, who complain all the time. The people over here that are getting the great results, who are getting what they intended to get from the coaching, they always have the best attitudes. You know, they have the best mindsets, they have the best belief systems, they have the best just perspectives on life. And, you know, that really made me want to drill down a little bit deeper and see, like, how can I impact the mind? I mean, for a while there, I actually enrolled in a hypnosis program in order to, like, be able to hypnotize people and get down to those beliefs that were causing them to behave the way they did in their eating and their lifestyle. I never finished that. I took an EFT course, and it got a little weird. You know, I just wasn't ready for some of the stuff that was going down in that class, like talking to dead people and things like that. A little too far out there for me at the time, maybe still now. But, um, yeah, I uh, just, I really want to be the guy who gets to the root cause, It isn't just like fixing symptoms and all that stuff. I really want to get to the root cause, but at the same time, like really walk away with the feeling of fulfillment that I truly helped somebody and gave them something that they can use for the rest of their lives. So if you do help somebody to change those belief systems, boom, everything changes. Because when you change your belief system, it changes the filters through which you see the world and yourself, changes your perception. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change, right? We all know yes. that Wayne Dyer and a few other people who said that. it, but you can get down like way deep under the hood and just get to, to those beliefs and you change those, then the thoughts and the feelings change and the attitudes and the opinions change and the worldview changes and then boom, everything changes for that person. And so that's what I've kind of committed myself to over this last five, six years or so is to getting to the root cause and that's the mind. Have you always been a money person? Yeah, yeah. I was always fascinated by money. I remember going to see a college counselor with my mom when I was in high school, and, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And the guy was like, so what are you good at? My mom's like, he's really good at making money. Like, he's just this, he just has a way of just making money because that was just my thing. Um, my father was a shoe salesman, but also an entrepreneur. So I got to go to the swap meet on the weekends with my, my dad. And so I got to see the exchange of, you know, goods and services for money. And I got to see what that money can do. Like you can buy cool stuff. And so I always wanted, like with that model in my life, being my father, I always just wanted to know like, what's that like? Like, 
I was fascinated by Entrepreneur Magazine. When I was a kid, I used to sell baseball cards and I used to cut cans and, you know, from all over the place and just like walk around with a big old trash bag full of cans and bottles and take them in and get some money. And I had three or four jobs at a time when I was in high school. I just wanted to make money. And a lot of that was the fact that when my parents got divorced, my dad didn't pay any child support. And so I had to make my own money or I couldn't really have anything. Mm -hmm. And so it was just like, hey, you want something, you go out there, you earn it, you work for it. And, you know, so always had money. In, in college, I used to sell like bootleg hip hop CDs, like unreleased songs back then. I would order them online and I would make CDs out of them. A friend of mine had like a CD burner thing and right. nobody really had. Right. So I would go to school and I would sell these, these CDs. And, you know, so I was always pretty good at making money. And then I, I noticed that there was a cap on that that I can only make so much money. I couldn't really go over this much. If I did, then I started to sabotage myself. And I also noticed that a lot of people, if not all people, almost have the same issue with money. And that's why I teach Money Mind Academy. And it's a lot of fun. You mean they create a ceiling? Like they feel like they can't get over that. There's that threshold that they can't push forward. Yeah, it's like a thermostat. It's like a set point. You are set on $50,000 a year per se. And that's just how much you're going to make. And if you go over that, you'll find a way to blow it, you know, because you, you, it's just not your set point. You'll find a way to turn it down from 70,000 to 50,000. You'll just somehow get rid of that money. And I think I had a really big block on that. I also had a block on, I mean, I had 30, 40,000 YouTube subscribers and was still broke and huh. it just didn't really make any sense. I'm like, wow, like this should be a big business. Like, why am I not turning this into a business? And I had a few insights back in, 2008, 2009, and, and one was that, number one, I didn't have a high value on money, like saving, earning, and investing money. Like I was just all about getting money and spending it on other things that were far more important than having money, like social stuff and books, education, fitness, food, things of that sort. The other thing was this kind of a us versus them mentality. Or I had been raised to believe like there was those people who had money and then mm -hmm. there was us. They are them. We are us. We're the in group. They're the out group. And so it puts you into like a box of familiarity and to step outside of that box and become something closer to what they are can be a scary place because now you're becoming one of them. And it's like subconsciously, you know, the subconscious mind goes, whoa, what are you doing? You want to make six figures and have everybody hate you because you make money? You want to make six figures and have people protest on the street trying to take away your money and give it to other people? Is that what you really, really want? And so I would just kind of run into this wall over and over and over again. And it was just the awareness of that that kind of opened up this door for me so I can walk through it and see all of this other information and have this new awareness of what's going on and also figure out what to do about it. And, you know, ever since then, I've just kind of been on this journey, like one journey with health, but the other journey with just entrepreneurship and opening up myself to the prosperity that can come with being an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and just reading books, not just money mindset books, but neuroscience books, psychology books. I mean, every kind of book you can think of, I'm just always connecting dots and money mindset is not simple. You know, it's not just law of attraction. I'm going to, I'm going to think about something and it's going to happen. No, it's, it's right. way, way more than that. It's been oversimplified. And I don't think anybody approaches it the way that I approach it now. 
That's for sure. So when people have these limiting, like I, I'm going to come see you and I, I want to make a hundred thousand a year, but I'm thinking, gosh, I really want a million, but I don't feel I, I'm not worth that million. I'm just going to settle here for with my a hundred thousand. And Sean, will you help me get to the hundred thousand? Do you push them? How do you get that mind to go, I deserve a million and I'm going to think bigger and I'm going to go out of my box and I'm going to visualize this like amazing income coming because I'm going to reroute my life and figure all these new ways of coming up with that $1 million. I got you. It's a really important thing I tell everybody about this now. It's um, you cannot earn, save, nor invest money that you won't allow yourself to have, Right. So you can be making $100,000 and want a million dollars, but if you don't allow yourself to do it, if you got some programming that won't allow for that, it simply won't happen. You'll always push it away and you won't be able to see the opportunities there either. We have to understand that before the age of seven, primarily, this is when we're very impressionable, we're trying to figure out the world. You know, we're being taught like how the world works, how to survive in the world. We're given this as... um, the author of the four agreements would say, Don Miguel Ruiz, we're given this book of rules, you know, mm-hmm. and you got to stay inside of this book of rules. Don't violate this book of rules or there will be consequences such as negative, uncomfortable social emotions that you're going to be on the receiving end of. And so we learn like this is what life is. This is who you are. This is what you can do. This is what you can't do. This is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do, right? These are those people. We are us. This is what money is. This is how people with money are. And this is who you are. And we go through our lives with literal physical neural networks in our brains that reflect that. Mm-hmm. And the brain has all of these associations and beliefs around money. And it puts us into this box, like this comfort zone box of being like who we are. I mean, remember, like you get who you are. Where right. most, uh, as you learned in my class last week, you know, where most financial gurus are going to tell you what to do in order to have the money you want. It's skipping a step, right? We have to get back to the being part. Remember the creative formulas, be, do, have. Right. Financial teachers teach you do have be do these baby steps, have prosperity and be more confident because you're more prosperous. No, you have to become more confident, become more authentic, become more generous as you do the things that are going to allow you to have what you want. So it's a little bit out of order. And the root cause or the root of that being side of things is beliefs, right? That's what's at the bottom of the cup of the subconscious mind, like way down there at the bottom, you know, underneath all that muck is just your beliefs. So what we need to do is figure out like, what are those beliefs? What did you see when it came to money? What did you hear when it came to money, right? What misinterpretations, I should say, did you make about money and people with money during a time when you were only five years old from a child's perspective that you haven't examined ever since. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, of course, you may have heard that money is the root of all evil, right? You may have heard that money doesn't grow on trees, which makes you think that money is scarce. You may have learned that because maybe mom or dad played the lottery every week, you learned that the only way for us to make money is for money to happen to us. Right, for us to win the lottery. Maybe you saw your parents fight about money a lot. Maybe your parents got divorced 
and it involved money. And so maybe you thought to yourself from a child's perspective, money makes people fight. Money makes marriages break up. It makes couples divorce, right? And so there is this programming that gets lodged deep in our mind. And then we go through our adult life setting goals and sabotaging ourselves and going, why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep starting? Why do I just stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop? What is wrong with me? But the thing is, there's nothing really wrong with you. It's just beliefs that you got before you really had any choice in the matter. And those beliefs have essentially preset your financial circumstances, And so you just end up just like in this cycle of starting and stopping, starting and stopping. In your story, in your life, when was the moment that you realized that you pushed through that threshold? When I, I hosted an online summit. Actually, no, I actually want to back up on that. The first product I ever promoted to my underground wellness community, and this was like three or four years into it, like I should have been making money before that, was a network marketing product. And I mean, talk about uncomfortable, you know, because there was a huge stigma and kind of still is around network marketing. But there was a supplement that I just I couldn't keep to myself because there was just too much scientific research on the actual product itself, not on the ingredients, but on the actual product. And so after contemplating this for 13 months, I finally said, let's just go ahead and do this. And. I remember launching the product and the whole build up to it and doing the podcast where I introduced my listeners to this product. And, you know, I remember going to my Facebook page after and there was like sell out and da 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 I'm like, ah, that sucks. That sucks. <laughs> but at the same time, like, I can't be broke. And I looked at my stats and sales were coming through. Boom, 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 boom. And then I got like a... I want to say it was an $8,000 check in the mail the next month or the yeah. next week, as a matter of fact, like these hmm. fast action bonus, it was called. And then I got another $8,000 check the, the following week. And I was like, whoa, I don't care what anybody says about me. This money thing is kind of nice, y'all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can buy more organic food and wild and free range and all that stuff. I can get more of the things that I already love. And so that was a really big deal for me. It showed me like Les Brown says, like you didn't die, you know, you didn't die. Like you you did this. It was really uncomfortable. Yes. There was criticism and judgment and all that stuff, but it didn't kill me. I was still alive. Right. And I was still alive and I had more money too, which was Mm -hmm. very, very nice. So that was a, a big one for me. And that just really opened it up because making that money allowed me to cut back on one on one coaching, which I really didn't love which allowed me to sit my butt down because these checks were these automatic checks were coming in, allowed me to sit down and write my ebook, The Dark Side of Fat Loss, which was a huge seller, still sells today. People love that book. Oh, and then that allowed me to create the online summits and, you know, doing the online summits. I remember my first one, the Paleo Summit, when that was all said and done, we've made $96,000. And I'll never forget sitting on my couch that night paying off all my credit cards, paying off my student loans, just having a zero balance for my debt. And it was just like after 15 years of like being in debt, because at San Diego State University, you may remember that like when you're a freshman, you live in the dorms, there were credit card companies hanging out in the parking lot, trying to give you towels and stuff to sign up for an American Express and things like that. So I did all of them. And I was like, wow, I can just go to the music store and buy 
music without paying for it is amazing. <laughs> you know like, I mean? It's the same way. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. So, I mean, that was really cool to have all of those mistakes that I had made financially over that period of time, just to be able to sit down and literally seven minutes, wipe them all out. Oh, so, that's amazing. I haven't been broke ever since. But, you know, people can, you know, have these rushes of income come in like that, the $8,000 checks and get all excited and, you know, start spending money and doing, but you didn't, did you create this mindset now to like keep going? Did you see this pattern that you were doing differently that I'm going to keep this momentum? How do you keep that momentum going? What if you, those supplements weren't, you know, doing it, you had to keep, you saw this light that was shown to you finally, like you changed your energy. I changed my energy, but also I'm full of ideas. And so take money from this, let spend some of it, let's have a little fun, but let's save it and let's also roll it into the next project. Okay, we got it. We did a book. Okay, cool. Now let's do an online summit. Okay, we did that online summit. Okay, how can we use this money to make another online summit but make it even bigger and badder than we did the first time? And then we just kind of keep on going. Like, I'm a guy, when I get an idea, I'm going to do it. But I know that that idea requires some funding. And so one project's profits roll into the next project's profits, and it keeps going. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. There has been some frivolous spending. You know what I mean? During this time, there's been lessons to be learned from that. I mean, I've had, you know, seven-figure summits. I've had $100,000 hours before. Hmm. And it's just like, let's just go full-on Floyd Mayweather and go to the club and get Magnum bottles and day beds and all that stuff. And, you know, and, and, <laughs> and it's, I've been through that. I got that stuff. Let's go buy a $100,000 car. Let's just go do that. I've done all of that. I've got all that stuff out of my system. I bought this beautiful house, which was a very wise investment for me. So there was some immature spending, but also at the same time, it's a lesson to be mm-hmm. learned. And it's something that I'll never do again that way. And it's just, uh, that's just the education that, that we all kind of go through. You know, a lot of successful people have gone bankrupt before. You know, fortunately, I haven't gone bankrupt and uh, hopefully I never will. But even if I did go bankrupt, it's a lesson, but I also know how to get that money back. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So how do you come up with your ideas? Are you meditating in the morning and something comes to you? Oh, I'm going to do this next. Or how do you create that next flow of income or how do you get there? What do you do to is it your mind? Are you meditating? Are you writing stuff down? Are you doing journaling? Are you just... I mean, I meditate. I meditate. I do transcendental meditation, but I've only been doing that for a good four or five years or so. I think just ideas come out of the air for me. It's just one day I'll just be walking around. I'll be like, oh, or I'll be at a mastermind event. And I'll be like, oh, there's a good idea. Or sometimes I'll be in the shower. Like there is no process for ideation for me. And I also think it's just a matter of as an entrepreneur, you see opportunities, like there's opportunities that I see all of the time. Like when COVID hit, I was like, hmm, maybe I should get into the mask business. Maybe I should get into hand sanitizer, right? Because, you know, you knew it was going to be, be a big deal because everybody needed it. So I'm just thinking about like, what are the problems that people have? How are they being solved right now? And are they being solved very well? Could they be solved better, more efficiently for a better price? And what can I do to fill that gap and do it differently than everybody else does? Is somebody doing it right now? 
Yes, good. I want somebody to be doing it right now because that shows me that there's a market for it. It's a viable idea. So, and a lot of people will think the opposite. They'll go, well, if somebody's doing it right now, then I probably shouldn't do it because it's already being done. Like, no, it's a great opportunity for you to jump in. Don't think that way. That's what you want to do. New ideas scare me because I'm not sure if that's going to work. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, um, yeah. So I'm not sure if that answers your question, but there really, really is no process for it. It's just kind of keeping my eyes, my eyes open, just, just knowing what people want and what they need. Not so much actually what they need, but what they want. What do people desire? What are they, their problems? And if I can figure out a way to fill that desire, I'm going to try to do it. And if I have the idea and I can't do it myself, then I'm going to tell a friend about it and be like, here, here's an idea. Go run with this. Yeah. When you had your first podcast, which was in like 2009? Yeah, something like that. I mean, to even start a podcast. I mean, when I started this, people were just like, what's a podcast? It's 2020. Like, you don't know what a podcast is? Like, I can't imagine in 2009. I didn't know. I didn't know probably what a podcast was two years ago, you know? I see, I'm an opportunist. And, you know, not in a negative way. I just see opportunities. I saw YouTube as an opportunity. I'm going... Wait, wait, wait. Hang on a second. I can put out content and information and teach people stuff for free without paying to put it on local access cable or running a commercial somewhere or, you know, doing the things that people had to do to market their ideas. We can do this for free now. Are you kidding me? I don't care what year it is. Like, this is going to be a big deal, you Mm -hmm. know, podcasting. One thing I remember going back to that college counselor session is I said to him, like, I've always wanted to have a radio show just to be a DJ. I used to love listening to the radio when I was a kid. And he was like, I want to be that DJ. And so when I got interviewed on a blog talk radio show in 2008, I was like, I asked him after the show, I was like, what, what are we using for this? He's like, with blog talk radio, you get your own show, you know, it's free and you have like up to an hour a day. And I was like, that's crazy. I'm going to do that one day. And, you know, six months later, I started my own show because on my YouTube channel, we have to remember this is 2007 on YouTube and people didn't talk about organic foods and free range. And they didn't talk about the problems in pharmaceutical companies and things of that sort. And, you know, I'm in my bedroom with my Yankees hat on to the side, you know, talking a little bit of slang. I wasn't the most credible looking person. And so I was like, well, why don't I get some third-party validation for what I'm saying here and interview the authors of the books that I'm reading? How can I do that? I don't think we had Skype back then. I don't think we had Zoom back then. But we did have Blog Talk Radio. So I was like, I'm going to start a radio show. It's live, online. People can call in and ask questions and stuff. So it gave access to my listeners to these experts, which they couldn't get anywhere else. And gosh, did several hundred shows, did it for seven years. And it was a... It was good. It was good. I was one of the first, which is kind of crazy. First in video, one of the first. I think it was like me and Dr. Mercola and Kevin Gianni with video. And then with audio podcasting, it was like me, Jimmy Moore, and Rob Wolf were the first ones out there. And um, now I look at at it and it's crazy. But it's also kind of, it's fulfilling because I'm like, I kind of paved the way for all this stuff. You know? Which is pretty cool. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah, I love that you even have, it's just like you have this, like a, you can see the future, but these things come to you. There's, you have a gift in that way. And it's just beautiful. I love it. But the process that you went from that first podcast to your wellness, and then you're thinking, ah, this, this whole wellness thing is kind of not where I feel my, I'm not there anymore. I want to go into this personal development area, change the podcast, 
go in this whole different direction. But, you know, a lot of people get stuck there. And that's what I find so fascinating about you is that you just kind of flowed. You just kind of, it's almost like if you were my friend, I would probably describe you like, yeah, he just kind of goes with whatever comes. He's just going to go with it. And he's going to make it this amazing thing. Like you're just going to take it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to allow things to unfold. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what we learn in this personal development metaphysical space is allowed to unfold. Set a goal, of course, but don't worry about the how. It's just going to kind of present itself. I never thought I was going to start a YouTube channel. Never thought I was going to do podcasting. Never thought I was going to do online summits. It's going to happen. And, uh, you know, in that seventh year of doing underground wellness, my health work, I just didn't love it anymore. I just, I just wasn't feeling it. I, you know, we have this just eat real food jerf thing. And I was like, that's as easy as it gets, guys. You know, just eat real food. There's some other stuff. You got some more serious issues going on, but if you just do this first thing, eat real food, most of your stuff, if not all of your stuff, is just going to clear up, you know, right. and also just reduce stress and do these very simple things. And I just, um, I felt like I wasn't contributing the way that I wanted to at the end of that podcast, where it was like, the example I could give is like, you have a condition, this Tuesday, you listen to my show, and it's the vitamin D expert. And you're right. like, my condition's caused by vitamin D deficiency. I'm going to go get some vitamin D. The next week, the adrenal fatigue person is on the show. And you go, oh, my God, it's adrenal fatigue. <laughs> and the next week, it's something that the next week it, it drives people crazy. And I'm just not sure, like, the information is great, but I'm not sure how much good it's doing. It just, just didn't feel right. So I was like, I don't really enjoy reading these books anymore. I enjoy reading personal development books. I'm going to go do something different. Yes, it's a multi-million dollar business, but I don't care. I know how to build a multi-million dollar business. I'll just do it again, you know? And people are like, you're crazy. Like, you're leaving this business. It's like the biggest thing. You do the best online summits. You put out the best content. You do the best interviews. Like, why would you leave this? I just, I don't love it anymore. And I know how it feels to have that gnawing feeling inside of you. Yeah, like a passion. there's, There's something else for you to do, but you're not doing it. I can't live with that. I can't live with myself. And no amount of money is ever going to make me keep doing something I don't want to do just because there's money involved. Like I said, if you built a million dollar business before, you can build it again. You know how to do it. I know how to use YouTube. I know how to do podcasting. I know how to write an email. I know how to do a product launch. I know how to do a webinar. Like I know all of this stuff. I just got to do it with a different topic. And so had a bunch of money saved up. I uh, took a year off and just sat around the house and read some books and did a wee bit of travel. And at some point, I started up a new podcast and started interviewing experts in the personal development space and did about 22 episodes of that. However, actually, I'll stop there and see if you have a question. No, well, I was listening to you because it wasn't your first guest, Bob Proctor. Yes, it was my practice. So when you said you set the standard pretty high, like I related to that because starting a podcast, this is like 17, I think. But I remember thinking, I just got to get to 18. But, you know, at the beginning, just interview your sisters and your family. Just get mm-hmm. comfortable interviewing. And, you know, it's like a that's a process. But when I heard that, I go, oh, my gosh, if Bob Proctor was my first, my first guest, what would be my second? Yeah, but you know what? It's to me, though, because I had interviewed... I don't know, 300 something people before that in the house space. Like Bob Proctor wasn't like the problem because it was my first podcast. Like it wasn't, it was Bob Proctor. It wasn't that big a deal, like who it was. Right. The big deal for me was that it was such a great interview. 
mm-hmm. where it was my first episode of the new podcast. And it was like hitting a grand slam in the bottom of the ninth with two outs and two strikes. Oh, and it was just that. like, boom. And I, I thought to myself when I got done with that interview, because during the interview itself, number one, I almost got Bob to cry. So it was uh-huh. like a Barbara Walters moment. And during that interview, Bob says, in my 55 years doing this, you're the best interviewer I've ever seen. And which was great. However, when I got done with that interview, I was like, well, where the fuck do I go from here? (laughs) You know, like, where do I go from (laughs) here? I already hit the grand slam on my first advent. Like, how do you do this? And so it was kind of a big mind screw for me. And so, but getting back to what I was saying before, and what you were saying earlier in the, the broadcast was like, I'm not a perfectionist, but I like to do things really well. Mm-hmm. Preparation is huge. Like you want to prepare. You want to be good. You want to be memorable. And so I would spend 30, 40 hours getting ready for one hour of podcast content. I would right. do somebody's life inside and out, right? I would ask questions that nobody's ever asked before. And my guests would always say, wow, you really did your research. No one's ever asked these questions before. This is, this is amazing. And after a while, that kind of started to take its toll on me because there's no room for anything else in life when you're always preparing for an interview. And so I I decided to do this other idea that I had, uh, which was the quote of the day show. And I'm really glad I did that because it's literally four hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been listening to it. It's just is so such a smart, genius idea because it I mean, it's a short video or, you know, thing that I can run to. And I'm like, oh, that I just listened to Les Brown yesterday. And I'm like, oh, I just you pick the ones where. It's just so good. And I can imagine having not that time where you're not sitting there trying to figure out how to interview Les Brown. (laughs) (laughs) know, That would be a lot. Okay, so I want to go back because I have done my research and I want to show you that. I love the story. I want you to tell the story to my listeners because I went from nothing and I just believed and I just did it in my story of my life. Mm -hmm. And when you wanted to go to that seminar so bad, and you had just moved into that tiny little place and you bought that flat screen TV. I love that story. Will you share that? Yeah, 2008, I had moved out of the college area to downtown San Diego, and it was a, a fresh start for me. I you know, moved on from personal training for the first time. I actually had to go back three months later because I partied too much. But anyway, so I moved out of the college area into downtown San Diego. I was like, I'm getting rid of all of my furniture. I'm going to buy new furniture. I'm actually going to get a flat screen TV and I'm just going to live it up in downtown. So I got all my stuff and got my new TV. And again, this is 2008. So flat screen TV was a big deal back then. And my friend Francesca was a client of mine. She told me about this course. And, you know, again, I like to be unique. I like to do things a little bit different than how everybody else is doing. And this course was going to teach me how to look for and do testing for root cause stuff. She had some gut stuff. She was like, I need a personal trainer when I first met her maybe a year before to help me flatten out my stomach. It's always like bloated and stuff like that. I want some abs. And we had done a program, if I remember correctly, and it did, it, it helped, but it just didn't really get the results that she wanted. And so I sent her to a website to get a food sensitivity test. And she got paired up with a guy named Reed Davis, who was going to interpret the test results for her. Reed tells her about this course he's going to teach called Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. He's going to show his students how to do the testing that he did with her. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Because if I do this course, which is 890 something dollars, I differentiate myself as a personal trainer. I'm the personal trainer you can go to who's also going to give you labs 
who can do customized nutrition. Like I become very unique. I go into the 1% of all personal trainers. And so I didn't have the money because I just moved into my downtown apartment and bought me a TV and a bed and a couch and all that stuff. And so the one thing that could go was the TV. Fortunately, I still had the box. So I boxed that thing back up, took it back to Best Buy, got my 800 something dollars back. The next day I got on the phone with Reed Davis and I called out, I gave him my credit card number and we did the thing. And that $895 course, that two-day seminar, it took, literally turned into $2 million, mm-hmm. right? And so you got to be willing to do whatever it takes. When I launched Money Mind Academy, there's always people who say, I can't afford it. And da, 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 can you help me? Da, da, da. And, you know, what I think to myself is there's something in your garage, you know, in your home that you can put on eBay. You can have a, a yard sale. Like if you really want something, you will get it done. Right. You can go wash somebody's car. You can go iron somebody's clothes. You can go do something to earn that money. It's just really about how badly do you want it? How uncomfortable are you going to get? And what are you willing to do? Are you are you just going to put your hand out and be like, well, please, somebody give me money? Or are you going to actually like do something? And so I decided to do something. That decision to do it literally changed the trajectory of my life. And I could have watched TV or I could have taken this course. The TV wasn't going to make me any money or make my life better. The course did. Oh, love that so much. I just remember thinking, oh, you know, I just, I did the Tony Robbins virtual UPW last week. The four day thing. That was fun. And my husband did it with me. And it was, I have done Date with Destiny. And, you know, I try to do, when I grew, like before my, I had my girls, I'd, I didn't have my girls till later. I was 36 and 40 when I had them, and now they're 14 and 11. But before that, I did PSI, Landmark, anything. I read all the books. I just really was, I dove deep. Opened a day spa, bought houses when you didn't have to have money down. I just went for it. And I just was by myself and me and my dog. And, you know, I just kept, like, I kept going and going. And then, you know, then I have a family. And I, you know, then I said, okay, that's, I'm a mom, right? So, I'm still reading and doing all these things, but I'm like, okay, so I sent Richard to the PSI. He goes, his mom goes, and now the girls are going and, you know, now raising a family and having that. So it's such an important part. I mean, I'm 51, but to really take what I've learned to be the right parent to raise these girls in the most, the highest way I can with what I've known, but going to all these the seminars like you did and, you know, the value of that and keeping that kind of going because I can see my energy this week is so high. Like I wake up, I do my, you know, it's a different energy. I have like, I'm, you know, the Tony Robbins like is in me. And then I realize like, I realize when you go through six months down the road, I feel like you need another, like I do, I need to do something else. I need a, a shift and to change my energy. But when you do and then your tribe. So I feel like I need to surround myself with these people like-minded to help, you know, that want to grow and expand. I don't surround myself with people that are, have the blinders, right? Mm-hmm. I try to help. I, you know, if they want my help, I love to, but I can't bring my energy down. But I'm trying to teach that as a parent to my children. And it's amazing to watch. And I'm so excited to see I have four more years with Paige and eight more years with the little one to make a real impact. But like for you as if you were, I know you're not a dad yet, but when you have children, how are you be, I want to know what kind of dad, like what's so important, like how you were raised, you're raised with your mom. When you have children, what is going to be your like main focus on raising those babies? Uh, 
I think, um, gosh, I could talk about this all day. Number one is just making sure that my children know that they're loved. I think that's huge. That's a really, really big deal for me. Even if they're in trouble, they're loved. I think that's really important. Also, I want to instill self-confidence and self-esteem in my kids because self-confidence and self-esteem are, are everything. I want to allow my children to explore without punishing them, right? Uh, last night I taught my first Money Mind Academy lesson for this semester, and we talked about the first conflict that human beings deal with. And the first conflict is like explore and create because once you stand up on two legs, you go, oh, my God, look at all the stuff I can get into. Like, I really want to learn everything. It's like, oh, remote control, like crazy. It kind of hurts. Here, it changes channels, correct? And so we want to do that. But, you know, every nine minutes, what are we told? Stop. No, don't. So I want to give my kids, like, the freedom to explore without being punished. And even if they do something wrong, you know, let them know, like, that was wrong. Don't do that. But I still love you at the same time, because when you punish kids and you put them in isolation from their childhood perspective, they think they're going to be abandoned. And that is more scary to them than even death. And so they get this wiring that they're not allowed to explore. They're not allowed to create anything because there's a possibility that they're going to get kicked out of the tribe. And I think that affects human beings for the rest of their lives. That's like some of the initial wiring that they get. And I think that's why we go through this cycle through our entire life of, again, starting and stopping, starting and stopping, stepping out of that box and going, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. This doesn't feel right for me. So that's going to be really important. There's a guy named Gene Landrum who wrote these really great books about the common personality traits and characteristics of highly successful people. One of them was permissive parents, like parents who allow their kids to explore. It's kind of like I was saying, without really having so much of a concern over like that child failing. Like it's okay to fail. It's okay to go do something you've never done before. And if you mess up, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean anything about you. And one of the, the biggest fears that human beings have and rightfully so is kind of the way we're wired is the fear of the unknown, you know, because once you get out of your familiar reality box, you're going into the unknown. I want my children to be perfectly okay with the unknown mm -hmm. to be like, instead of unknown, I'm going to get in trouble. It's all going to go bad. I'm going to fail to be like, this is brand new territory, which means something cool might happen. Yeah. And even if something cool doesn't happen, it doesn't mean anything about me. It just means there's a lesson to be learned. We're just going to figure out how to like go over or go around this obstacle and keep on going. Like that's how I want my kids to be raised. Like I don't think I could have it any other way. Right. You know, I was the fear thing is like go out and fail and come back and report it to me. I want you, it's like teaching children just go take those risks. You know, I want you to fail. Come back and tell me all your failures because we're going to celebrate them. Because that yeah. means you tried something. Mm -hmm. You know, you went out there and took a risk and you did it. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm, I'm, I want to celebrate that. But then they'll go, okay, I'll do, I'll try that. So it just, I see that. I just love that. It encourages them. And I, for me to have these girls that, you know, want to try stuff and we're doing, so now we're not doing anything, you know, we're all in this COVID thing. So we're doing surfing and tennis. So these are our new summer, you know, no camps. No, pad, they do pageants. So no acting, theater, all that stuff. We're doing surfing. And at the beginning, they're like, uh, I don't know. I said, you know what? 
we're, we're going to try it. It's new. Oh, now it's like every week, can we surf? Can we have another lesson in tennis? But, you know, just having fun using this time in quarantine, for sure, as a parent to find something new, go make them fail, like go choose things that they've never do that. They would be doing their regular things, but it's so fun to see these new opportunities come and have them try it. And then, Oh, I never would have tried that. I love it. Yeah. That's what I want. That's what I want. I think, I think there's a couple more things. I want to have so much money where I don't have to, I don't need anybody else to raise my kids. Yes. I want to be home when my kids come home from school. I want to have dinner around the table. I want that stuff. Um, and that's why I'm a huge fan of like making money doing what you love. You know, I want to make a lot of money. Like right now I do, I do very well. I can literally get away with teaching my class on Tuesday and doing our community call on Friday and finding the quote of the, the day clips on Monday and recording on Friday and maybe sending out an email or two. Like I can literally like, do better than 90% of the population just by doing those things. But I've got bigger goals than that. But I would love just to be able to say, you know what? Doing these very minimal things and doing a launch every three months for Money Mind Academy, that's all I got to do. And the rest of the time, I'm just going to hang with my kids and my wife and just, you know, do our thing. Are you in a relationship? I am not, no. Are you creating that? Like I'm creating in my mind and I'm improving my ability to be in relationship. Yeah. And so you're, what do you create in your mind? What does it look like? Uh, it looks really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you get excited. It looks, it looks like a sound partnership. It looks like a, a phenomenal partnership, I should say. It looks like a friendship. It looks like amazing communication. It looks like problems that are going to be solved, you know, that we have to get through good times and down times. It looks like two kids. It looks like a lot of travel and fun and lessons and all of that stuff. And I think that, you know, the model imperative is, is really important. I talk about this in Money Mind Academy. It's like, I didn't grow up with a model of a successful relationship at all, right? That was, that just wasn't in my wiring. And so it's been a, a struggle, you know, going through relationships when you didn't really have that model. So I'm like educating myself, you know, on how to be better in relationships. And so I'm getting better. I get better every time. You mean yeah. educating as experience and dating or reading books? Both. Yeah, both. I've actually been on quite a tear of relationship books lately. That Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus book is like a really good book. I don't know how that wasn't on my radar for a long time. Don Miguel Ruiz's Mastery of Love was yeah, love fantastic. But I think that the best book I read recently, which uh, was Attached, about attachment styles. Have you read that one yet? No. It's just really, really good. It shed a lot of light on why some of my past relationships haven't worked. I'm an avoidant attachment. I have an avoidant attachment style uh, where mm-hmm. if you, I need my autonomy. If you try to get too close, I'll push you away. And anxious attached people are the complete opposite. They need you to come close. And if you're not really close, then they freak out and they get anxiety and they're like, what's going on? Oh. And we, the opposites tend to attract. So I tend to attract avoidance. Yeah. Avoidance tend to attract me. And we just, we're like water and vinegar or whatever, right? <laughs> it doesn't, right. doesn't really work. And so that just, that awareness has helped me tremendously recently to understand some things that have been going on. And um, so, yeah, just like everything I've ever done in my life, I got to commit myself to learning it, you know? Right. And I think when I learn stuff, I apply it really well. And so it just gets better and better. So hopefully a couple of years, I'll have at least a wife 
in like a bun in the oven and I'll be on my way to creating this vision for myself. Yes, I love it. In five years, where is Sean? Where do you, where's Sean Croxton in five years? 2025. Sean Croxton in five years is essentially doing what Bob Proctor is doing in 2020. You know, maybe not with COVID, but doing live events, high-end, like second-tier events, coaching, training people as well to be certified to teach what I teach, that kind of stuff. Uh, YouTube, celebrity, Instagram, celebrity. Those are two things I've gotten away from is YouTube and Instagram. But I'm strongly considering like going back to YouTube and like really stepping up my Instagram game because, you know, like I said, the stuff that I teach in Money Mind Academy, you won't learn it anywhere else. Just such a unique multidisciplinary program where people are just like, oh my God, like this is something like nobody's doing, nobody's talking about, nobody read this many books and figured this much stuff out. Like this is insane what's in this course. And so I want more people to, you know, get an invitation to be part of this and really change their lives. And so, you know, I just sold 150 of them last week and it's like, that's cool, but I want to be selling thousands and thousands Mm. of them. Right. And so, because I think when you can do that, you really change people's lives. And if there's something that COVID has taught us is that you need to have money in this world. Most people like COVID happened and people had enough money to get them through next Wednesday. And it was just like, and now, you know, we have people who are like, rich people will do anything for money. But now we have poor people who are going, well, not just all poor people, but people who just aren't doing well, going, I want to go to work and put myself in danger and put other people in danger too. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Like I understand, but I think we should have had our money situation taken care of in the first place. And so I want people to have these skills and have this awareness and and get rid of those old beliefs so they can start allowing more abundance into their lives. Because abundance is like a faucet, but we just keep on tying up the pipes. You know what I mean? So we got to untie those pipes unkink the hose uh, the kinks in the hose and i think everybody's going to be okay if they're if they're open to receiving the message right that metaphor that you use with the hose and the bucket and the freezer yeah i was learning about that this morning when i was listening that was such a great metaphor you know and i think people live that way mm-hmm. i mean a lot of most people that i know live that way and you're doing an amazing thing sean and i'm this hour has been great. I could keep going, but I realize I have taken up an hour of your time. But could you share with my listeners where they could find you on Instagram or Facebook or website? I'm at, at Sean Croxton on Instagram. I really don't use Facebook, but SeanCroxton.com is the, the website. And Money Mind Academy will open up again very likely in October. And uh, I think all oh, the quote of the day show is the podcast. You can find that on all podcast players. Oh, and please go listen to that because you will be so inspired. He has the most amazing guests on there. Oh, all of them. Loved it. Thank you, Sean. It has been such a pleasure. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, Please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget, always look for the magic.